You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. And away we go. Welcome in Seminole Headlines. The Seminole Headlines, as I like to say, begins right now on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV there. Hello, YouTubers. Good to have you on board. Good to be with everybody. And it's game week. We made it, guys. It's reason to celebrate. Press conferences happen today. To my left, Corey Clark. Irish fell to my right. Hello, everybody watching. Hello, everybody listening. It is finally upon us. We can... Think our lucky stars, they made it through. I mean, I think uh, first things first, every time we get to this point where they're about to start a season, uh, you got to be thankful for something. A, the return of football, and B, they, they are really pretty healthy when you consider, all things considered. You know, you look around the country, you read about injuries, everybody holds their breath when that happens because it's part of the game. Forest State got through camp for the most part unscathed. Yeah, and it can change everything. You think about last year, Hamza Nasraldeen never getting healthy for really until late in the year. Keyshawn Helton wasn't who he was the year before. Even um, Jay Sean Corbin transferred in from Texas A&M. He wasn't the guy that they were expecting from the year before. Now he is uh, fully healthy. Keyshawn Helton is fully healthy. So not only do you have you kind of avoided, knock on wood so far, any of the serious preseason injuries, but some of those guys that weren't 100% last season, I think you're starting to see a lot more from them now. I'm, I'm thankful for friendship, I guess, more than anything. I like sitting across from you. Yeah, I mean, we right don't, here, it, right it now, feels good. You know, right the there. last yeah. 18 months, we had to do it remotely, if at all. <laughs> and now here we are each Tuesday getting to look at each other and talk to each other. Getting to see the glare off of your head, right. which bounces off of my head. but gets It kind of lights, up, by, it lights yeah. up the room almost. Like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, it's a reason to celebrate. And then Ira's gray hair kind of mm, yeah, soaks sure, it all yeah, in. Yeah, it takes soaks it all, it all in. in. The gray fox over there to my right. There if we, we go. Had, if we had been doing this 10 years ago, just think of how impressed the YouTube viewers would be with my quaff of hair at that jet point. black, I mean, poofy, over-the-top. It was I feel like the picture that, that they show when you're on his show yeah, on, that's mo- the one. On, yeah. on Mondays, that's the picture from 10 years ago. You do not have it updated. It <laughs> looks like, I don't know if you had even been married at that point <laughs> when that picture was taken. <laughs> yeah, they just popped it up. It's up on the screen right I, yeah, now. There I, it is. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Look at I, that. I, I, Tom makes me pay him 10 bucks every week <laughs> just to keep using that picture. That's a buck seventy-five Irish Chaffel with jet black hair, walking around single, back in the way the ladies. Yeah. Mm. He also had black eyebrow. The whole thing. Yeah. All right. Enough about that. Let's talk about Florida State football. What do we think we're going to get Sunday night? Are you if if you just remove the reporter, don't be objective. Don't be subjective. 
No, I want you. I don't want you to be objective. Oh, I want oh, you wow. to be a fan for a moment. Mm, okay. Because let's be really honest here. And you you noted this on Twitter, Ira, and I think it's a fair point. When you cover a team, you grow to like guys that, that play for that team, dislike certain other guys, and whatever. And now that doesn't cloud your reporting, but you have feelings. You're a human being, so it's impossible to remain completely objective. Nobody is. And there are guys whose stories you root for. You just want to see do well and overcome something, perhaps. Like, who would be rooting against Keyshawn Elton, for example, right? So you get a little nervous for those guys and for what you'd like to have happen. And let's just be honest again in another way, peek behind the curtain. It, it would behoove us if Florida State gained a little momentum here at some point, mm. uh, all of us, in what yeah. we do. Not only for me, who is a Noel, but also just, I think, for what we do for a living. And I know the fans are certainly ready for it. That's going to be a packed house, an emotional place. What's what's your best-case scenario? Are you nervous? What What is it that you're worried about, if anything? And I would just add also to that group is business owners, merchants oh, in the community the whole city. that we're yeah. friends with yeah. that really Close need to, Florida yeah. State football to kind of get back to where They didn't it is. know how bad they needed it yeah. until it went away. I, You know, that's the thing, man. I really came away from that press conference today earlier that we had. People can watch it on YouTube as well that, you know, those emotions are already really high. And Mike Norvell said he wants to embrace it. And I keep thinking back to that Oklahoma game mm. in Jimbo's second year where, and not to say that this team's at that level yet, but just the there was so much riding on that game. People were so excited about that game because of everything it represented, what happened the year before against Oklahoma. And then I thought after the game, Jimbo Fisher said, I think we expended too much energy in pregame. Like, guys were so fired up for that moment that they, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, the students were, it was wall-to-wall students in the crowd two, two hours before the game. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as they opened the stadium, yeah. that place was packed. It was so, the electricity was palpable. But I think Florida State kind of got too much of the energy out. Their players got too much energy out in the game. So I was wondering about that because there's so many individual guys on this team that have those stories you're talking about. From Jordan Travis and Keyshawn Helton to Mackenzie Milton. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that guy, the, the motions he's going through. And then there's guys up and down, Jermaine Johnson, those guys that came in looking for a chance to prove that they could be that guy on an every down basis. Um, it's good. That's going to be interesting to me to see how they control those emotions. Sweet Pea? Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny, though, at the press conference we were just at with Norvell, one of the reporters asked uh, uh, Mike what he learned from the team last year against Notre Dame. Uh, and this is a complete segue. We're going to a different route. Uh, we didn't like your route. topic. I didn't, I didn't like that topic. I didn't really going. answer it. He's not answering um, it at all. But, uh, but he asked them, what did you learn from that, that game against Notre Dame? And I wanted to be – I didn't say it clearly, but I'm like, I wanted to be nothing. Like, you hope you didn't – like, they, yeah, they fought against Notre Dame. They fought. They played hard at the end. They did. And then they came out and beat North Carolina the next week. And then they fell off a cliff. So it's hard to really take anything from that Notre Dame game last year other than, in my opinion – what Jordan Travis did to them. Um, they don't have Tamari and Terry, so they're not going to have this, you, you know, that Tamari and Terry for the one game. Um, but Jordan Travis had 300 yards of total offense against them, four touchdowns, got down to the one that could have been a fifth touchdown. I think that that should be encouraging, right? That that if Jordan Travis is the quarterback, we don't know, and if we did, we wouldn't say that uh, that Notre Dame they didn't they didn't handle him real well last year when he was healthy and he got out on the edges. Very few people. Yeah. Handled him very well. He's that kind of dynamic. I think the big thing to see here is how well does he throw it from the pocket. All that other stuff will be there in his arsenal, and we know that. And there will be times when plays break down and he can be the guy that sustains things, sustains a drive because of his legs. But we also know that those things led to injury. He's yeah. got to be able to stand So here's the thing I was going to say about that. Like, Lamar Jackson didn't throw it great from the pocket in college either. No. Now, Jordan Travis isn't Lamar Jackson, but he's a reasonable facsimile 
But Lamar Jackson was healthy his whole career. Like, Lamar Jackson just, well, I guess he was too fast to even hit. But he never, I don't remember him ever really getting hurt. That's they're, the thing really, with Jordan yeah. Travis. You can run an offense with a guy rolling to his right, rolling to his left, RPOs, especially with that kind of uh, dynamic ability uh, in the run game from a quarterback, if they can stay healthy. Well, and we have no reason to believe, just through a small sample size, that Jordan Travis could make this work through 12 You don't games. want him taking those kind of hits. It's a long season, and you, know, you don't want that. But the one thing I would say about that is I think that's going to be the case for all those guys if they play how they're going to have to run the offense. I mean, Mackenzie Milton's not going to sit back in the pocket and scan the field over a bunch of 6'4", six, 6'5", six, linemen and, and, and find open. I mean, he's, he needs to kind of, he's at his best when he's moving around. Chubba Purdy is much, I, from what I've seen, I yeah. think he's much better throwing when he's rolling out than he is when he's just sitting back in the pocket. They don't, the only guy that looks like a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, drop back passer is Tate Rodemaker, and we don't expect him to play. So I think that's going to be the nice thing about it is their offense, a lot of it's going to be <clears throat> misdirection, getting out on the edges, trying to take advantage of some of that athleticism. But I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to ask Jordan Travis to do something he can't do. And I, I don't know if anybody that's going to play quarterback for Florida State can really do that. And basically, you can't get in third and 11. You can't be in third and nine. That's a tough – that's just – and Dillingham talked about that a lot today, actually, about it's so much better to even be in second and nine than second and 14. And he thinks having that experience on that offensive line will eliminate some of those bad plays, some of those negative plays where they can at least team up to keep the keep the linebacker from destroying the running back, slow him down enough so it's second and 10 and not second and 15. Well, remember, I mean, this is an offensive line since you brought it up that no matter who's playing quarterback to Iris Point, you're not going to have all day to throw the ball. This is not a dominant offensive line. So there's no way that you're going to ask that guy to drop back and wait four seconds or five especially seconds for long this developing game, plays. Right? This game especially. But I would say... This is where Jordan Travis improving as much as he seemingly has when we've seen him both in the spring and then now in the fall. The pre-snap, he's got to be so much better because a lot of his problems, I think, stem from, A, he wasn't terribly accurate from the pocket when defenses knew that he had to throw, and B, because he was thrown in there and didn't have a lot of reps and didn't, you know, the ability to pre-snap read and understand we're in a bad play. i got to get rid of the ball now. Mackenzie Milton did show in that spring game, by the way, and we, we've seen it at UCF as well. Even though you're right, he's got a fine lanes. He's a little guy. He also so, showed the ability, though, as a pocket passer to understand when they're in a bad play and live to fight another day and get rid of it quickly and not try to run around yeah. in big plays that aren't there. you got to hope either one of them, both preferably, have figured that power out because they've repped it, they've been together, they've had opportunities to grow within the system. Certainly Jordan has now, going back to the spring, all through last year, and then where we're at now. Yeah, and Norvell said it today. I go with Norvell. I don't go with Mike. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't Did know. I say Mike? I think, I think you I didn't mean to. I well, you can. There's yeah, yeah, no, that, it's weird. It's too Jimbo seemed normal. Yeah, but, because but, oh, you're going to call him Fisher. That's crazy yeah, when there's yeah. a Jimbo floating out there. You're going to call him Jimbo. Yeah, you're right. I should go with Norvell. But uh, he I usually go with Coach Norvell, don't you? Sometimes. Supreme yeah. Ruler Norvell. <laughs> right. Admiral Norvell. Uh, you know, one of the, he brought that up today, the fact that it's, it's just so hard to even judge anything Jordan did last year because he didn't have a preseason camp. It was new to the offense. It was a COVID year. They only had three spring practices. All of those reasons. This game is really like a show-me game for a lot of different people on this team. It's a show-me game for Jordan Travis because we we can make all those excuses for last year. But we have – okay, but that time's over now. Now we have to see it. We have to see that progress actually play out on the field with a scoreboard operating. Adam Fuller, huge show-me season for Adam Fuller. Show-me week for Adam Fuller because, again, we can make all those excuses about last year and what they didn't get to install 
okay, we're here now. So so all that talk for the yeah. last eight months is kind of over. Well, you can't look clueless. I mean, it, it, either side of the ball, you can't look clueless. You've had a full year, a normal year now, yeah. uh, a normal offseason, a normal summer. You've had a full spring. You've had a normal camp. You've come into this game pretty healthy. So they may be lacking in certain areas, and that will be exposed. And we've really kind of harped on this. I think fans can deal with that. You can watch a game objectively – I mean, sometimes in the moment it's hard, but when you go back and watch a game, you go, okay, look, we're just not big enough here. We're not deep enough here. We're not strong enough here, fast enough here. You live with that. But are guys in the right spots? Yeah. Are guys, are, are they coordinated on defense? Do Wasn't they seem that to have the, a clue? Yeah, and that was the biggest issue I thought with the Notre Dame game and the Louisville game. Is like, it's one thing if Jarvis Brownlee goes up with a receiver and they're right there and the yeah, guy just, just leaps over and makes a play. You're like, what, what, Adam, what can Adam Fuller do about that? Or what can, if Steven Dix is in the right hole and the running back just trucks him, well, what can Adam Fuller do about that? He was coached up to be in the right hole. But last year against Notre Dame, there was nobody in any holes. And, and against Louisville, there was nobody. Uh, hey, calm down. Gracious. Calm down. I mean, you're just, um, just throwing it out there. I just, yeah. That's how I talk. Right, I got that's you. how I talk, getting yeah, yeah. used to it. Yeah. And then in the Louisville game, there was nobody covering anyone. So it wasn't like you say, oh, that's just he got out-athleted. It's like, no, they got out-schemed over and over and over well, again. Well, out-schemed or out-executed, the players – you can make the argument again. We'll see. We're going to see now yeah, for yeah, sure. Help, yeah. But the argument you would make is the guys didn't know what they were doing. I mean, guys were playing. It wasn't like the scheme was incorrect. That's why I, the conversation I've had with a lot of people this offseason. Well, and you I'm mean not that, saying, like out communicated, out coached. Well, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like they did. But yeah, to me, out scheme means like. Yeah, you, I didn't mean like. Yeah. yeah, he's he's throwing slop at the wall. Yeah. It's just but I he's think not some communicating that. that. Yeah, some maybe. people feel that way. Some people no, feel. I. I some you're correct. Do. Some people feel that way. But if you talk to him at all, and I know you guys have, I have, it's. You can't get to this level and not know the game. I say this repeatedly. Now, you may not be able to take that knowledge that you possess and teach it and get guys to execute it, at which point we assess you and fire you or promote you accordingly. But none of, nobody who's at this level gets up here and doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. They know the game. But when fans see and media see third and eight, and DB safety is well, playing 12 so yards, 15 yards down the field. Yeah, well, there's a disconnect. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I understand where the frustration comes from. Yeah. But, again, that's the kind of stuff that has to be gone. To Corey's point earlier, if Notre Dame comes out, they've got a couple of transfer skill wide receiver. They've got an unbelievably talented running back. If those guys just make those kinds of plays, man, that's just it's off the cap. Yeah. It's what it's like uh, Venables. Was Venables a terrible coordinator because nobody on his team could tackle Dalvin Cook? Like right. you know what I mean? Like right. they were in the right spot. They yeah. just couldn't tackle Dalvin Cook. Venables turns out to be pretty good. Yeah, and and even Venables gets absolutely destroyed last year by Ohio State. They did anything they wanted. You don't think Brent schemed that up? Like yeah. uh, those guys knew what they were supposed to do. But Ohio State must have had 500 yards worth of offense. I know we're not Ohio State, but still. If you if you're Mike Norvell though, right now, and going back to your first Coach question, Norvell. If you're Coach Norvell. Coach Norvell, Admiral Norvell. Which going back to your first question, which we kind of ignored. Are you more? excited fired up because of this opportunity or are you more concerned that man everybody's gonna be watching us everybody's we did have a pass last year man this this can't go poorly well i'm gonna answer that when we come back from the break right, because and, yeah there you go nice, there tease. you go guys there you go but uh and it's so rare everybody made note of it producers yeah. you guys here <laughs> yeah. folks at home are like what just happened <laughs> we'll answer this pressing question from iris chaffel in a moment here on Seminole headlines Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. 
all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. It is great to be with you. You're damn skippy. We are live. I'm looking at it right now. Hello, everybody. They're watching on Warchant TV. Like and subscribe. Promote. Uh, hit the bell, whatever the hell you got to do. Send this thing out to everybody you know. Let the world know about the greatest that Mainly is Mainly just headlines. hit that bell. Yeah, just hit, hit that bell. bell. Just beat on that bell. Yeah, ring the bell. Ring it. Uh, and we're here also on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, our, our radio home, which is a great thing, and it's awesome to be with you. Ira, you, you asked a question about what Mike Norvell is feeling before the break, and I said I'd answer it here. I, I, I don't know what he's feeling. I'm sure nerves and excitement, that's all in there. Anybody would be because it's his first chance to run out of that tunnel in front of a packed house in a meaningful moment. Last year was such a discombobulated mess. But I think there's a lesson here, and I know we're at different stages of a rebuild, but the Nebraska game, I think, serves as a reminder. You know, look, there's a lot of things wrong with Scott Frost and what's happening at Nebraska right now, and to hear him after that game say, well, that they repped their offense against a certain look, and then admittedly uh, they didn't run that, so we were off. Like yeah, Jim, probably, or, uh, probably don't want to do Jeff that. Bout, Jeff Bound in the rain? Rainbow offense. Oh, yeah. No, it was rain. the rain. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, well, once well, it started raining. that was the rainbow offense in the rain, yeah. <laughs> it was, once it started raining, like, but it was raining. That was my, yeah. yes. Okay, so here would be the point. When you've been beaten down and you've been uh, as downtrodden as this program has been the last four years, you need something good to happen for you to turn the corner. And that's the part that got ignored in the post-game press conference when Scott Frost said, look, it looks like the same movie. I know that. And then he was trying to explain himself, and he didn't do a good job. But I got the point he was making. He's like, this is a better team. We have practiced better. We, they have all put in the effort. They've all bought in. He was trying to say he was proud of them, and he thought that they were going to have a better year, and he still believes that. Well, the one thing he latched onto was that if you have a crisis of confidence and something goes wrong early, do you revert back to that here-we-go-again mentality? And yeah. Florida State has over and over and over again. They have been lacking both emotionally, physically, and confidence and across the board. What happens if they kick off to Notre Dame and they go right down the field, same type thing, running the football? It could be for a different reason than it was a year ago, but the result's the same. Do, do guys begin to doubt, second-guess, point fingers? Again, you wonder... 
Are they going to have the mental toughness to go along with the physical toughness we hope to see? Are they going to be in the right spots, or are they going to get trapped in thinking too much and getting back into the woe is me, here we go again? And he can't know that. He can't know that. I'm sure he's wondering. He's hoping that something great happens early. Maybe you cause a turnover. Maybe you get a big score and you get on top for once you play with the lead and you begin to have a little bit more margin for error. They haven't had margin for error. So it's tough to play free and loose and, and, and fast when you're worried about everything, when you're trailing, when, when you're constantly behind the eight ball. I'm sure he's just hoping that these guys who've put in the time, put in the effort, worked very, very hard, get rewarded early, gain a little confidence, and let's just go play football. Can we just play football and not have the, the failures of the last four years strapped to our shoulder as we're trying to play football? Just go play the game, but you need something good to happen early. All right, that should be the last time you ask Jeff a question. <laughs> I thought it was a good this answer. Se- segment's over. We got to <laughs> go to break. You again. got time. You got time. It, it's okay. I, as a coaching staff, that's I'm sure that's a big part of what they've been doing for the last eight months, and that's what they didn't get to do last year was put those guys in tough situations to see how they would respond. That was one of the thing last summer when when the team was in quarantine. That was the one thing when I talked to the assistant coaches, they all talked about was the biggest thing they lost from spring practice wasn't the install. It wasn't you know seeing who could do what or who who could make this play or that play. It was just seeing how they handled adversity, how they responded to situations, and challenging them to see that, that's the biggest thing that they've worked on for the last eight months. But you can only do so much. You can only do so much in practice. You can only do so much with gamesmanship and head games that coaches play with players. Once the stadium's full with 80,000 people and they know it's on TV and something bad happens, then you'll know. And I don't know if Mike Norvell can know for he sure. Can't. He can't. That's what I mean. He's, you, you would be nervous about how they respond. You hope. You've seen signs. You've talked to them about it. And one of the great things that they've done repeatedly, and we've all stressed how organized they are, how they've had a plan. It's one of the only ways you could succeed to recruit as, as well as they have, despite the lack of evidence of, you know, that they're going in the right direction, uh, is, is that you had a plan and you executed that plan. Well, he's gone through every possible scenario. They've gone through mock games and scrimmages yeah. and everything else. He's tried to, to rep things like when this happens – or, oh, your helmet came off. Quick, Johnny, get in there. They're doing everything in their power to have them prepared to have seen this before, but there's nothing like game day. There's nothing like real time, real speed, 80,000 plus, or a little less than that now. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see how they respond. Because, by the way, it's football, and they're the underdog. Adversity is going to happen. Notre Dame is talented. Notre Dame's going to make some plays. There are going to be moments in this game where Notre Dame's playing better than Florida State. How do they handle that? Do they play the next play and give themselves a chance, or do they get bogged down in all that came before it? You can't know until you know, though, right? You can't know how this team – you can't even predict it. Um, And I I don't know that you can actually – I don't – like – I, I go back to 2013. I know this is probably a different type of roster than bit, the one from 13. We'll see. We'll know, we'll we'll see. know more. Could but be. you remember with Jimbo's first three or four years, it seemed like there was one or two games that always they got – you could tell early, oh, this is going to be different. This is going to be a hard fought. They're, they're, this is going down the wire. They've got a lot more talent, but they're either going to lose this game or they're going to come close to losing. And we know all the games from 11 and 12 where that happened. And then 13 You don't comes. want to bring up NC State again? No, no. no. Virginia, uh, uh, national nightmare. North Carolina. All that. 
So then you go into that Boston College game. You need to drop that ball against Virginia. We rep it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you do times. it every day. Every day. You do it every day. Burt yeah, Reed, throw Bert it Reed. down so we can kick this you field goal. He was worried situation. for a second that Burt might catch might it. Might catch it. It looked like he was trying to. But then he realized, no, we've repped it we've so much. We've repped a million times. Well, and Burt did such that? a great job. He made it look like Selling he caught it. it. Yeah. So they had to go review it. Yeah. And then that he game, He was even trying to claim that he caught it. I don't know if that was part of the whole thing. That was part of the whole thing. So then Hopkins had more time to warm up. Yeah. But anyway, you go to that 13 Boston College game. And they got down seventeen to three. Looked like they're going down to twenty-one to three. And you're like, here we go again. This is just what Jimbo does. This is what and oh, what happened? Yeah, yeah. you know what ass. I mean. They beat and they just took off. But you, that team in that moment is when that team. I think those players realized, okay, we're badasses, and we can overcome adversity. And now they didn't have a whole lot the rest of the season. They were no. up by fifty on everyone. But the next year they did, and they got that experience. I don't know that you can. We just won't know until we see this team get down. Come back and win, and I don't know what's that. What, last year against who they play in that the game where Travis came in and saved the day. The terrible, the deep Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. That's it. That's like the only time that anybody on this team really has been down in a game, come back and won it. The, the, there's a difference too in, and, and we're gonna have to watch closely because they could get down, but they could still be fighting, and it may not be good enough. I mean, they could be at, a, at such a physical disadvantage. I'm really eager right. to see what they look like. You know, because I, I told you guys early on when we would, were watching practice, I just didn't see the dynamic athletes, you know. And, and it, my judgment's clouded by years and years and years of watching, like a lot of us. Dynamic it, athletes. Dynamic athletes yeah. at Florida State. But when you're down there, that's why Jermaine Johnson stood <clears> out. Remember we were talking about it? Like, look, that guy looks different, you know. He yeah. looked like a guy that if he walked into Alabama's locker room, nobody would turn their head thinking, what are you doing here? Whereas in our locker room, Florida State's locker room, he looked like a, like a dude. Like, oh, right. that's different. So I want to see when we on the, on, the, on the hoof, if you will, when we get down there to watch Notre Dame, are they physically thoroughly outmatched? Because then it may not matter if you're in the right spot over time. Early it will, but by the third quarter, you know, late in the third quarter – there's a difference in losing that way than in what you're talking about, getting overwhelmed emotionally and, and not being mentally into it. They're going to be overmatched physically, especially in the trenches. I mean, this is the most revealing quote I thought of the entire preseason was from Odell Hagens when we talked to him one day after practice. And I think I asked him or somebody else asked him about Notre Dame replacing four offensive linemen and how big of a deal that was. And he said, he's like, look, man, Notre Dame's going to have great offensive linemen. They've recruited pretty well. They're going to run the ball. And all you need to know – about this matchup, and this just I was thinking about this earlier, is Dylan Gibbons went to their coaching staff in the spring and said, basically, am I going to be a starter? Like, am I a fifth-year guy? All those guys went to the NFL. Am I going to be a starter? He didn't hear the answer he wanted, so now he's at Florida State. He's starting. Guess what? He's starting at yeah. Florida State. Right, right, so that right. tells you a little bit about the disparity uh, of the, the two lines of scrimmage. So, you know, look, I mean, I think it's there is going to be – but I don't think it's so vast that they can't compete. A lot of it's going to be on the coaching staff. A lot of it's going to be on the skill players, quarterbacks. Um, you can compete when, you, when you're outmatched at the line of scrimmage, but it's going to be a challenge, no doubt. You're listening to Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Yeah, so I think again, if you get a if you get a team that gets something positive happening early in this game, and the next thing you know, it gets to halftime and it's a one score game, the stands this this fan base is not going to know what to do with themselves. It's I, give the fans in this atmosphere an opportunity to have an influence yeah. on the game by having this thing be a game in the second half. We've all lamented 
that every game in which Florida State was an underdog last year, it quickly got out of control. I just want to see them be in a position to maybe do something about it. Because I do think the pressure's on Notre Dame. The pressure's not on Florida State. Now, there is inherent pressure to playing at home, playing at night, and wanting to, to, to showcase how far you've come. But Notre Dame's the heavy favorite here. Notre Dame has aspirations probably somewhere in the neighborhood of going to the college football playoff. Not State's a national a, championship. No, well, that's yeah. definitely not going to happen. Uh, but, but Florida State has no delusions uh, uh, of that. But, uh, you know, I, I, it would be interesting if you got late in this game with a new quarterback at Notre Dame, with some of the position changes and the new scheme, like, do they begin to, to doubt a little bit? Can you get him into that place? I was talking to a Notre Dame media member, and he was asking about, like, you know, Florida State's fans' perceptions of this game, how important it is, and what are the possibilities. And I said, look, man, I think most people just want to see them be competitive. They weren't competitive in some of these games last year. I think that's, a, and, he, and he was like, well, he's like, I can't believe that Florida State fans would, would take moral victories. And I'm like, I'm not saying they'd be happy about it. And walking out of the stadium, they'd probably be mad. But I do think as important as winning, close to as important as winning, is there just has to be some proof of concept. And to your point, I mean, that you really, other than the North Carolina game last year, which felt like a fluke because of what happened a week later, there really wasn't. It looked like a you fluke, can, too, by the way. They held on for right. dear life. Guy drops the ball twice. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can make all the excuses in the world for why things didn't, and reasons why things weren't good last year. Um, but at some point you have to see something. Yeah, something to believe in, right? Like nobody's expecting, like we just said, nobody's expecting a national championship. I don't know how many people are even expecting a win, but something moving forward. Don't get your brains beaten in. We're there for the week for it. Uh, for the next week, there'll be 38,000 people at that game. In your next home game, who is that against? Jacksonville State the week. Yeah, I mean, after that one, I was counting the, the real ACC. Is the Louisville game? Louisville. Maybe. Yeah. There'll be 50,000 people there. Give these, give these fans a reason to believe that this program is turning a corner as turned a corner. And if that means, you know, knocking some helmets off, playing to the echo of the whistle <laughs> within reason, right, guys? But just give them a – just play with some passion and play play, play smart. Play smart. Sure, bo- both. Play you smart, both, though. They right? have not played smart in a long time. Play smart. Look, it's not everything, but, fight, but it matters like, when you're trying to, you know, pick up the pieces. Yeah, fight. Like, the, think about the games like the pit game. is a perfect example of a team just not fighting. I know Jordan got knocked out at halftime, and then the game was over. Just no chance. And then, you know, the Louisville game, and on and on. Oh, boy. Um, So if you just give these guys a reason to believe, if you give these fans a reason to believe, I don't think they're going to be – nobody at Florida State believes in moral victories. That's when I know I've lost Ira. He is when he picks, up, picks up, up the phone. I'm looking up the schedule to find out what that next home game is. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, I never out. know with you. I don't can, know I, if can, you're I, can I say this? Here, here's what's weird, and I – it's hard to tackle this without being depressing or, or sounding down, and I, and I don't mean it to be. If they're not physically anywhere close to where they need to be, if some of our hunches in certain areas are that they're not close to where they need to be, they could still play worlds better in this game and get blown out. I don't think they get blown out. I, I think we've seen how things begin to avalanche. You're in it, you're fighting, you get worn down. And then somewhere late in the third quarter, there's a back-breaking play. Now you're down a couple scores, and you got to press. They know you're going to throw. They pin their ears. You get a turnover, and you lose by 21 or 24. Uh, you know, some, Fans would look at that as, well, good Christ, man. We were seven-point underdogs, eight-point underdogs, and we lost by more than three touchdowns. I, just, I think there's, there's a way you could play a lot better, and the evidence could be overwhelming, and the fans wouldn't notice it because the outcome, the final score, is outrageous. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, and I hope it does not. But I'm not saying that if they lose this game 
I don't know, whatever you want to, 41 to, to 21, that it's necessarily going to be because they're the same sad sap bunch they were a year ago. We don't know. They could have real physical issues in terms of depth of talent or lack thereof. Yeah, but I, I still think it's okay to be upset if they lose. No, I don't like that. I never want like to that. see them lose, but you have to be reasonable as you watch a rebuild. I mean, I there, there's I'm not trying to get out in front of an ugly loss. I'm not saying it's going to be. I actually think there's a chance they upset Notre Dame. I do think that's within the realm of possibility, uh, and especially like I said, if they get something going early to gain some confidence. But yeah, I could see them playing their heart out and having this be a one-score game in the third quarter, but it ends up three touchdowns, and that doesn't mean that they played terribly. Right, and that's the thing. Like You, you can look at it practically right now and, and go through that scenario and describe it the way you are, and I think people listening to this and we can sit here and say, yeah, that makes sense. But what happens after the fact is the only thing people care about is the score and the reaction to the score because you think of the Oregon game in the playoff, yeah. where people act like that was this this yeah. no contest. No, if you it's don't like, have man, the fumble on the one drive, you go down and yeah. score, you're going to win the game. If they don't turn yeah. the ball over five it's, times, yeah. six times, yeah. they, they win it easily. They're going to run the ball for um, 300 yards. Dalvin Cook was the best player on the field until he started fumbling everything. Yeah. You know, so, but my point is, you know, I, I agree with you pragmatically, but I do think it, it's the, the, the score is going to matter. Unfortunately, the score is going to matter for perceptions. What's more important, though, is what do the players think? And do they – you know, do they are they still bought in? Because you know, for a lot of those guys, I mean, I think offensively, if you look at what they did last year, they made some chicken salad. Mm. And I think if you're on an <laughs> offensive player on that team, you've got to know that, and they know what they're doing offensively. But the defensive players need to see it from Adam Fuller. One hundred percent, they've got to see proof of concept. We keep saying that, and they got to be in positions where they can trigger and right. play fast. I do think we saw evidence of that. In the spring, I think we've seen evidence of it here. They've got some kids that will come up and hit you now. They've opted for speed, which is the right idea because they couldn't cover. Their linebackers could not cover a year ago. They're not going to put those guys out there in positions to get exploited time and again. Now, if you're Notre Dame, you just run right at us. I think if you're Notre Dame, you line up double tights and you say, okay, here it comes. Do you have anything for this? And is there evidence that this isn't going to wear you down to the point where you can't compete in the second half? Because I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to be that kind of physical, especially if I'm Notre Dame and I feel like I can keep Florida State's offense in check. But I'd rather have that because that's a methodical thing where you're in the game longer, where you have a chance to fight through. If they find a way to isolate our linebackers in, in coverage and there's no way that they can do that, well, then that it gets to be a real long day. That's why I'm glad that Florida State's opted for a lot of speed. They're moving basically safeties to linebackers and do it. Or, yeah. you know, they're, they're, those are that, that's a smart decision, in my opinion. Yeah, at a point, though, uh, you brought up Nebraska. At a point, Florida State fans, you, you, it's not going to be good enough to just keep it close. Like last year, they did that with Notre Dame. And we told everybody. And it ended up working out because the next week they played great against North Carolina for a half. And if Dante Lucas doesn't get the personal foul on the one, they win that game going away. Um, they played great for two, a half and one drive. But I thought they built off that Notre Dame game. But eventually, you're not going to be like, guys, because Florida State fans know what Notre Dame is. They ain't great. This isn't Alabama. It's a top 10 to 12, 15-ish program that can get in the playoff and get its doors blown off. Um, that happens every time Notre Dame gets into the playoff. But they're not an incredible football team, especially this year. I mean, they got a lot of, they got a lot of question marks. And if you go out there and get housed, it's going to be tough to sell to this fan base and, more importantly, maybe even the players. Yeah, we, we're turning this thing around. Now they can. And that Wake Forest game becomes huge, and maybe everything turns on a Wake Forest game, which is crazy to say. But, you know, I do think if they can just play well, whatever that looks like, whatever we deem that to be, play well, beat Jacksonville State, beat Wake Forest, 
you start feeling good about the program again, I think. I think you really do. And as I pointed out in the column I wrote about the Nebraska situation, Florida State isn't Nebraska. Florida State is much, much, much closer to being what it, being what it could be than Nebraska is. Florida State is the number three recruiting class in the country. Nebraska is 65th. Florida State gets to recruit Florida. Nebraska doesn't. There's a lot of things going for it. Florida State has a lot of things going for it that Nebraska doesn't. So if they have the right coach, it shouldn't take five years. No, it also depends on when you started the clock. So if this well, that's is a good point. You know, yeah. I mean, it depends on when you started the clock. If you're starting the clock now, they could look bad this year. And it would be, you know, it would in the eyes of fans, it would feel like a step back. I think it's somewhere in between year zero and year one. I, I, I don't really, you know, I don't think you can give them a total pass for last year, but I also don't, I can't pretend to think that that was anything but absolutely absurd for a new coaching staff to come in and get zero time in the spring. got three days in the spring. Three. Yeah. If you, if you had to say, and I know that, you know, we, we've seen practices this year that we did not see last year, so it's hard to compare. But if you had to, if you had to put, sorry, put a gun to your head, you had to pick one or the other, do you think the defense is going to play decent to, to pretty good this year, or do you think they're going to be below average? I think, by way of comparison, they'll be way better than a year ago. I don't think you're going to see all these crazy blown assignments and no uh, coordination or anything like that. There'll be people see... in holes. Yeah, they'll be right. <laughs> yeah, holes, they're going to fill. Holes will be filled. Yeah, holes will be filled. That's right. And they're going to know where they're supposed to be. Right. I can live with not being physically good enough. I can, okay, I'll live with that. But I need to see that you know what you're doing. That the scheme is understood and guys are put in positions to succeed. If they don't, that's fine. Get better players. That's the whole deal. That's why you recruit over top of people. You know, I mean, that's what you have to see. It's funny, people on here, because I brought up the Nebraska example, they said, oh, if you lose like Nebraska, fire everybody. Well, first of all, they're not fi- they may not fire uh, anybody because they really can't afford to. Secondly, you, you have the ability to recruit over a lot of these guys. Yeah. Clearly, Scott Frost can't recruit over Martinez. Because yeah, he keeps rolling he keeps, his sorry yeah. ass out there. I think so, I feel like he's been playing like he took over for Scott Frost it's at Nebraska. Like he's been it's there insane. forever. If I were a Cornhusker fan, I would weep every time I saw that kid. Every I mean, at a subway, this driving down the road, it would just I would just start crying that that guy was I'd their starting throw quarterback. Corn at him. Like just get him out of the state. It's brutal. I'm sure he's a hardworking kid. No, I don't he care. tries, but oh. you got to be done with it. At a lot some of hardworking folks. But what are we doing? You can't have that. Florida State is already showing. Now, we'll see how much of that class they keep. They can recruit over guys. They're going to bring in better players. Well, in Illinois, isn't Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> and also, I will say this. I'll be honest with you. If Travis J on the first punt catches it over the shoulder the run, running into the into end zone. the end zone and then throws it out. Yeah, I would fire from Papuchas as on the ball the in the air. I mean, at some point, coach has got to be held accountable. That is an amazing play. That seems like something you'd go over. Like, whatever you do, son. And I'm not all about keeping your heels on the 10 and don't letting it go over, keeping your heels on the 5. But if you can't be lot, in a dead sprint going dead back sprint inside the 1. Catching it like Jerry Rice in the Super Bowl. Going into the corner of the end zone, almost like it's a touchdown, <laughs> right. only it's your own end zone. And, and then, then attempting to throw it out. And then turning around like, oh no, and then throwing it out for the mm. safety. was uh, That was not it, a good play. That wasn't a sign of a well-coached team. Yeah, it really wasn't. Yeah. To start a season, holy moly. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've got plenty of time. I, I wish we could fast forward to the game because we do have a lot of unanswered questions about that kind of adversity, but that was a poorly coach team on Saturday that you're referencing. Yeah. We can't see that kind of shenanigans and have anybody bolstered confidence you know, or anything like that. It, it won't happen. Simple Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and next, Corey Clark. Next hour, we'll, uh, see, I jumped the gun. I almost skipped ahead before the voice guy got done talking about Corey Clark. Guys, I'll be honest. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. If you, if you just listened to the last segment, and you clearly weren't in the room with us during the break, uh, Jeff Cameron might have lost a little, a little bit of, a little bit of something on Nebraska. It's also just watching Adrian Martinez play football. I don't know that you've have been. You were as mad just now as I was about Bailey Hockman last year when I when I went all, when I lost myself for a few moments. Um, I didn't get mad by then. I just knew we were garbage. Yeah, so, but so you were just, you you seemed uh, you were viscerally angry about uh, Taylor how do you Martinez. watch that kid play quarterback and then keep him out there? Is all well, I'm hey, saying. It's hey, just Florida ridiculous. State fans have been asking that question a little bit uh, in the in the last few years as well. Right. Well, again, the the hope is that you're able to recruit over guys that simply can't play, and that, that they. I agree with you in your article. They're really in trouble <laughs> trying yeah. to get kids to say yes to Nebraska is difficult. And Florida State's got Duffy coming, and I don't know if you guys watched him this. Summer. Day, but he he tore it up against that Bishop Sycamore team. I mean, they had no they answers. They had no answers. They had no answers for that IMG squad. Oh my God! So, I didn't watch a single second of that, but obviously it set the internet on. I fire had no idea what was going on. I, I didn't texted either. him and like, asked why was that happening. Right. But I watched the first two drives. Like, oh, this must be a competitive game. Well, it's you on tweeted ESPN. out about how criminal it was. You thought that, but they... that was after the fact. I I tweeted it out. Uh, I texted them like, man. They're playing a team that just lost thirty-eight to nothing. Why would IMG be playing a team that lost thirty-eight to nothing, not knowing that they had also played two days before and lost? So they were zero and two going in that it's game. Kind of a weird thing to do, play somebody who played two days earlier. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> Let crazy. alone if they won or lost. Hoping yeah. some people lost their jobs over that whole situation. I, yeah, at ESPN hey. and at that school. That school's probably not going to be around in a in a month. Can we talk about Friday evening? Yeah, well, let's talk about Friday evening at Horizons Bar and Grill. We will be there for the Seminole Headlines Appreciation Party. If you get a chance, you guys are coming into town. If you're here locally, of course, stop by. But if you're on your way into town, make sure you stop by. My dad's going to come by. Say nice. Hello to both nice. You guys. Yeah, he's looking forward to it. He'll be coming into Tell town Tell him to bring his uh, catcher's mitt. Okay, I'll have, the ball, I have balls in the back of you my got, car. You got that? Yeah, right, yeah, he needs a catcher's mitt. There's a little area out back. We and uh, found out that Mike at Horizons, our friend at Horizons, mm-hmm. uh, is going to have the mac and cheese bites that we all love. With registered with sausage. With registered sausage inside. Forget about so, it. guys, I don't know. The, you talk about the synergy. the synergy of that happening. Uh, Heather Birch, I hope, will yep. be there. She better be yep. there. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a really good time. Get there. Uh, try to get there maybe a little early so, because so, of the parking. First of all, let's tell everybody what time. Yes, uh <laughs> Uh, 5.30. 5.30. Horizons on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, be there till whenever we tell you to leave. Well, no, I mean, it's it's like once you're there, we all say hello, we gather, we have a drink or two, we hang out. Everybody just comes and goes as they please. That's yeah. how that works. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really relaxed evening is all I'm saying. With uh, sausage mac and cheese balls. Which, bites. Bites. Sorry. Which, man, I just can't. But they really are struggling. What are you going to do, man? Your head's on the game. What are you going to do? Horizons Bar and Grill is located at uh, Bannerman Crossing, which is off Thomasville Road, northeast Tallahassee at Bannerman Road. It's a nice little area, and uh, yeah, man, they're gonna. I think he's gonna extend happy hour. We're gonna yep. have a good time. I think Ben's gonna have shirts. Yeah. I'm gonna have shirts. They're gonna be the Maryland is a problem shirt, but we're gonna have to. Fig- I can have a ton of them, so we have to figure out a way to get give those out. I would also note for people that that want to know this, you have the outside patio area. Yes. So a lot of people get concerned if everything sure. is you know 
clustered inside. So you can yeah, outside. yeah, it's you all out. It's mostly outdoors. It's yeah. going to be outdoors, and the, right above, right outside the patio is more outside area where you could just stand and lean over the railing and talk. And I made this. Uh, I made. This I think point. too. And you know how you used to do this. I'm going to do this for you. I think if you get a drink from Horizons and you're at this party and you want to walk into any of the other restaurants and bars with your drink and your stuff, yes, just go do it. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. Maybe even walk in with their food in the other restaurant. Yeah. And, and what do you any, care? And if anybody asks you, just say, say Corey it. said it's fine. Corey said it's okay. I'm with the group at Horizons. Yeah. yeah. And they'll be oh. Some of the headlines, yeah, yeah do whatever you want. Whatever you, you, want, want you want to be in the kitchen? Yeah, you want a salad? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got something here. You'll have you. your run yeah. of Bannerman Crossing if yeah. you're if you tell them you're with headlines. Has anybody not finished their Monte Cristo? Yeah, Corey's somebody got has a Monte. I ate. I just ate a Monte Cristo. You uh, did a week or two ago. Did you actually ordered? Yeah, nice. not from Bennigan's. somebody had it. Not from Bennigan's. No, not the Bennigan's aren't around. I think, I think there it, are a few Bennigan's still left. Uh, but yeah, so I had one. Man, it brought me back. It brought me back to that bathroom in that stall, just chowing down. We should all figure out a way to get out to Oregon and do a Bennigan's into a Blockbuster, and we're sitting down and we're thinking about what video as we eat a Monte Cristo. Yeah, I think I'm gonna Rick Ghost again. I think I'm gonna Rick Ghost again. Remember, that's an old school reference, but if you walked into a Blockbuster, whenever that would have been, 1993 or 4, mm-hmm. the whole wall was yeah. ghost. That was it. Well, it was whatever popular movie was yeah, out at the time. The they had wall entire walls full of that yeah. movie. Yeah. That, was a, that was a time. There are still buildings in town, one right down the road here, that is the old Blockbuster. Every time I drive past them, usually there's some sort of money scam place now. Sure. I, uh, dr- leave us your car. Here's five bucks. You know, we'll <laughs> give you, as long as you get back to us within a week. But yeah, well, so that'll be 530 at Horizons. And I made this point on Wake Up War Chain. I'll just say it, just as a PSA. If you don't feel great, if you feel a little under the weather, you yeah, don't, don't have come. To come. Yeah. You don't have to come. No. That's all In we're fact, don't say. come. You don't have to come. No. But I was going to ask, any chance that your wives will come? None, no. Kim was considering it. Oh, really? Yeah. My okay. wife is I don't know if she's really considering it. No, but she, she acted like she, she said, said that's She's taking nice. it under, yeah. under consideration. No, my wife is definitely not. Because Stephanie's essentially like the party planner. But yeah. then you're too. But you also others. have her kind of whipped into shape. And well, you, you make true. her do things against her will. I met her later in life. Yeah. I had already practiced on Shanna, so mm. I knew how yeah, to yeah. how to really get it. You control. were already divorced, and you'd figured out yeah. the error in your ways. Well, already yeah. divorced as if. Well, you you know. Okay. There's only so long you can treat people like that, Corey. Kim's not entirely sure we still do this show. Yeah. So, yeah. She thinks it's a myth. It's an escape route for yeah. you. You're like, oh, I just need a little time to kind of do seminal headlines. <laughs> you know what's sure, funny about uh, those? Because we, we went to Pensacola, and you talked to the fans, mm-hmm. and it really is. Some of them are completely realistic and pragmatic. I just want six wins. I want seven wins. And other ones are like, I think we're going to beat them, and I think we might beat them comfortably about Notre Dame. And I like – I don't know how I would be as a fan if I was if I would be in the middle or if I'd be all. I, well, I think I do know. I would not be um, optimistic. I'm not. I I'll don't give you stri- an example of this on the chat. Ryan writes: If we get beat forty-five to seventeen because we're not good enough, that's okay. Just look coordinated, play hard. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in that camp, by the way. Now I don't. When people hear you say that, but it would think be that depressing. You find it, yeah, it would suck, but it's yeah. just more evidence of how big a rebuild this is, and I think it is a significant rebuild. I don't think they have a depth of talent. Here, what I'm really worried about more than anything else is if anybody, knock on wood, this doesn't happen, but it is football. Knock on wood, somebody didn't get hurt. They are not deep. If you begin to lose guys at the line of scrimmage, especially on the, I think offensive line, they got eight or nine guys that can play mm, a little, like can I'm play. I'm going to go with seven. You can throw in there. Well, just bodies. I don't De- count defensive that. Defensive line, that's where you really wonder if one of those, they got five guys that you can count on. Um, that uh, but if one of those guys goes down for any significant amount of time, you really wonder what's behind that. Uh, well, not much. 
Not much not is much ready to play. Not, not much, much is proven, yeah, not much is ready to play. Even in the scope of just this one game, and even if everything stays healthy, like when you were talking before about scenarios where you could get blown out and not play poorly, right? you can see that. I mean, that can happen. That can and, happen. I, and I just, you know, just to kind of delve into that, because I think some people might be listening and go, well, how could that happen? When you have an athlete like their running backs, when you have an offensive system that they run where, you know, Florida State – you know, Adam Fuller can can preach all week about guys sticking with their responsibilities and not cheating up against the run. But man, if they're running the ball for four, six, seven, yeah. five, four, seven, it, all the, those guys are going to keep come creeping up, and then that's when they hit you with the play action, which obviously that's one thing Jack Cohn did at Wisconsin. So, oh, he's, he's the so now, yeah. now you're giving up some big plays, and, and you know their backs are going to probably you know they're going to spring a couple runs so and so you it become can happen. predictable on the other side at that right. point too that's the other part is now all of a sudden an snowball. offensive line is not good and they know you're going to have to throw the football to get back in the game because you're down three scores well that's going to be interesting because one thing about norvell last year was he he played he played to win you know yeah, he yeah. wasn't playing not to, to get just, blown out to not get blown right. out yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll be curious to see what he does this year yeah, because well, it's a, there is a difference yeah, well, there is a also, big difference honestly like you're down 17 points and if jordan travis is your quarterback and it's second and eight that's not a passing down it doesn't have to be he makes more play he at least last year i'm talking about he made more plays with his feet than he did with his legs anyway so it never really i didn't really understand why they would why they would become so pass happy when he can rip off a 40 yard run with his legs our number two headliner questions forthcoming stay with 